Good morning. Welcome to worship today. Give a moment for those at the Trinity Cafe to, to filter in here. <laughs> yeah, and a special welcome to those who are joining us online or by phone. We are very glad uh, that you are here with us this morning. So welcome to you as well. Just a, a few uh, announcements before we begin today. Um, first of all, we were hoping to do a little bit of work uh, outside today um, to get some of the landscaping ready for the spring. I'm thinking with the, the cold and the snow, we probably will wait on that. If we get a warm spell, maybe we'll try and do some of that still. Otherwise, it can, uh, can wait till spring, too. Um, if you brought clothes and you want to do some work, you're welcome to, but I, I'm thinking that we <laughs> probably won't do anything uh, formal. Uh, a reminder to uh, return your pledge cards if you haven't had a chance to do that yet. There's a, uh, a few blank ones on this little table back by the baptismal font, and there's a, uh, an offering plate where you can leave your pledge cards. That helps us with our planning for the coming year. Uh, Hope that you all have a, have a good uh, Thanksgiving this week. We do have a couple of opportunities if you are interested in worshiping with others for Thanksgiving. There's a, uh, an ecumenical service on the west side tomorrow at Our Lady of Peace. Um, it's in our newsletter um, that you can look up in Fraser for that. And then for the past couple years, I've been doing uh, an online service on, on, uh, for Thanksgiving. And we'll do that on Tuesday night this year at Tuesday night. Uh, this week at 7. So if you are interested in either the ecumenical service or the online service, that's in the newsletter. And uh, the online one ser service for Trinity will be at 7 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. Are there any other announcements we should make today? If you donate blood, please make note of our upcoming uh, blood drive. There are no other announcements, uh, we will uh, begin our service with our prelude music.
please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who redeems us in Christ Jesus, whose steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you and our neighbors. We have ignored voices that call for your justice. We have neglected actions that witness to your righteousness. We have spoken and acted in ways that disrupt your beloved community. We truly repent of things we have done and left undone. For the sake of Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Restore our troubled spirit, so that we may live in newness, following the way of the Spirit, and build up the body of Christ. Amen. Rejoice and be glad. God hears the prayers of all who cry out and restores us to life through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I declare to you the forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God, our true life, to serve you is freedom, and to know you is unending joy. We worship you, we glorify you, we give thanks to you for your great glory. Abide with us, reign in us, and make this world into a fit habitation for your divine majesty. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The first reading is from Jeremiah chapter 23. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed. Nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Thanks be to God. Oh, word of li God, word of life.
the city, it shall not be shaken. God shall help it at the break of day. All nations rage and the kingdom shake. God speaks and the earth melts away. I will be exalted among the making Jacob is our stronghold. Regard the works of the Lord. What desolations God has brought upon the earth. Behold the one who makes war to cease in all the world. Who breaks the bow and shatters the spear and turns the shields with fire. Be still then and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the Jacob is our stronghold. I will be exalted among the nations. The second reading is from Colossians chapter 1. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All that things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have the first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile himself to all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Word of God, word of life.
Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. Please be seated. May grace and peace be with you, friends, from Jesus, the ruler of the world. Amen. Christ the King is, a, is an odd day, a paradoxical day. What could be more contradictory than naming a Sunday Christ the King Sunday and then reading a story from the crucifixion? What could be more contradictory than praising Jesus as king while he hangs on a cross between two criminals? Furthermore, I think this is a particularly odd day for us Americans, right? We don't have a king, at least not in the political realm. We fought a whole war about not having a king. And even though many of us are obsessed with the British royal family, I think many of us don't exactly long to have a king or queen over us. So the metaphor of Christ as king, Christ as ruler, may seem odd and out of place for us. But the message about Jesus is about power in a way. It is about authority. Jesus' whole ministry was about preaching the kingdom of God, the reign of God. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to pray, Thy kingdom come. And so many of the titles given to Jesus are kingly, royal titles. To say, Jesus is Lord, which is one of the oldest Christian confessions, means that Jesus is king. To say Jesus is the Messiah or the Christ is to say Jesus is the anointed one, another royal title. When we say Christ or Messiah, think of the story of King David being anointed with oil by the prophet Samuel in the Old Testament. Jesus is the anointed one as King David was the anointed one. These are royal titles. 
And let's not forget that these titles that we use for Jesus, Christ, Lord, Messiah, bring Jesus in direct opposition in the story to the emperor in Rome. One of the slogans of the empire was, Caesar is Lord. And then all these Christians started going around saying, Caesar isn't Lord, Jesus is Lord. Caesar was called the Son of God, but Christians said Jesus was the Son of God, that he was our Savior, the Messiah, the Christ. So there's no real way around it. We can't tell the story of Jesus without talking about the kingdom movement. We're going to have to talk about the power Jesus has over our lives and over the universe. We're going to have to talk about the ways in which he relativizes all earthly power, the way he challenges every other person and every other authority that would try to claim our allegiance. We need to speak of the reign of Christ frequently, often, every year at least, to remind ourselves of the power of God in Jesus Christ. But our gospel text for today comes from the crucifixion story according to Luke. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Luke, in the story, tells us there is a crowd of people standing by and watching, and I would invite us to place ourselves alongside that crowd in the story as we observe what God is doing. We see soldiers strip Jesus' body and divide his clothing with lots. Remember that public spectacle was part of the point of crucifixion. This wasn't meant to be a quick, humane, and private death. This was meant to be humiliating, public, and long. It was reserved in most cases for political troublemakers. Rome wanted to make an example of them. It was a way of saying, don't be like this person or else. Look at what we can do to them. Standing with the crowd, we might see some of the leaders, some of our leaders approach the cross. He saved others, they cry. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. Notice the way these kingly royal titles are thrown at Jesus on the cross in mockery. A little while later, standing among the crowd, we see soldiers laughing and mocking him, sticking sour wine in his face. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself, they say. And above Jesus' head, we see that there is a sign reminding us of Jesus' crime. This is the king of the Jews, meant in mock and in warning. It's meant to mock us back into submission to other authorities. Did you really think that this man, now pathetically hanging on the cross, could have overthrown us? Do you really think he had the power to save you? You better watch yourself, because we are in charge around here, that little sign seems to say. It's worth pausing here to notice the irony in what's going on, especially as we see this story through the eyes of faith. The leaders and soldiers are mocking Jesus, but in their words, they are also confessing the truth about him. Jesus is the Messiah, as they say. Jesus is the king, is the one who can save us. In the Gospels, the crucifixion, in an odd way, is also a coronation. 
In some version, there's even a crown that is placed on Jesus' head, a crown of thorns. The cross from this angle is Jesus' throne. This will be God's chosen way of exercising power and authority in the world, not through military might or coercion, but in laying down his life for others. Finally, as you and I stand with the crowd, we overhear an exchange between Jesus and the criminals alongside him. The first criminal joins in mocking, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. There's an interesting parallel, an echo of sorts, between the voices in the crucifixion scene that we overhear and the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness in Luke chapter 4. I want you to try and recall that story. You may remember that after Jesus was baptized, the Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. At the end of 40 days, as Jesus had been fasting, uh, Jesus is hungry, he's famished, and the devil goads him three times to save himself. First, the devil says, If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. But Jesus refuses. Then the devil offers Jesus power over all the kingdoms of the world. It says, if you want power, bow down and worship me and I will give it to you. But again, Jesus refuses. And finally, the devil tempts Jesus to throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple, saying, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. Save yourself. Do you hear that echo in the crucifixion story? Three times the devil seems to say to Jesus, save yourself, save yourself, save yourself. And now at the cross, three different voices say to Jesus, save yourself, save yourself, save yourself. It's only the criminal who adds, save yourself and us. So much of what we hear in life is this message that we are trying to save ourselves through our works, through our efforts, through our goodness, through our legacy. We are trying to save ourselves, save ourselves. But Jesus rejects that. The Episcopal priest, Robert Farrar Capon, says we want Jesus to be Superman, a superhero who can save himself and us through superhuman ability. He writes, Almost nobody resists the temptation to jazz up the humanity of Christ. The true paradigm of the ordinary American view of Jesus is Superman, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. It's Superman, strange visitor from another planet, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, who disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter, for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And he adds, if that isn't popular Christology, I'll eat my hat. (laughs) But he says we shouldn't laugh. The human race is, was, and probably always will be unwilling to accept a human Messiah. We don't want to be saved in our humanity. We want to be fished out of it. It's not that we weren't looking for a Messiah, he says. It's just that he wasn't the one we were looking for. Our kind of of Messiah would have come down from the cross. He would have 
be carrying a folding phone booth in his back pocket. He wouldn't do a stupid thing like rising from the dead. He would have done a smart thing, like never dying in the first place. It's only the second criminal on the cross who seems to see Jesus for who he truly is. He looks upon the crucified one and even then sees that he is the one with the keys to the kingdom. Do you not fear God, the criminal says, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? Then he turns to Jesus with a prayer of great faith. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Despite all evidence to the contrary, the criminal looks at the crucified one and knows that he's the one who has the power in the situation, the true power to save, not the Superman kind of power, not the kind of power Pilate and Caesar have, but the power made manifest in joining us in our humanity, the power made manifest in laying down your life for others, releasing yourself into God's grace. Jesus replies to this criminal, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The irony of Christ the King Sunday is that the reign and power of Christ is revealed not in some throne room or some military victory, but in the self-giving love of Jesus that overpowers the grave, in the releasing into grace that says, I don't have to save myself, God will make me new. That's the folly that Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians that we will sing in our hymn, hymn, that we will also echo in our hymn of the day, that God chooses what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chooses what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chooses what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to abolish things that are. That God chooses to be in the world like the crucified one, not like Caesar. We proclaim Christ crucified because the crucified one is Christ the King, the power and wisdom of God. There's this uh, Lutheran theologian from the 20th century. He died uh, several years ago now, but his name is Gerhard Ferdi, and he describes this mystery well. He says, Jesus entered the darkness of our punishment and forsakenness to do battle, and wonder of wonder, wonder of wonders emerge victorious. He identifies himself with us by entering absolutely into that place where we, we must die. He does not die instead of us, but rather ahead of us, bringing it forward to us. His absolute identification with us puts to death the old Adam in us, so that his death is our death. He dies ahead of us to bring us life here and now. My dear friends, the cross is the end of that voice that says, save yourself, because those who seek to save their lives will lose it. But those who lose their life, who release their life into God's grace, who lay it down, who drown it in baptism, will be recreated, will be resurrected, will be made new along with Christ, the firstborn of the dead. We may not understand everything about this day, but we hold on to this, this mystery that we stand before. The crucified one is Christ the King. Our pyramids up here echo this, a crown on top of a cross.
That's the way that God chooses to be made known to us. That's the way that God chooses to exercise authority and to reign as king. Not like Caesar, but like Jesus, laying down his life. As Ferdy concludes, only the God who comes down to earth can really help us, the one who joins us in our humanity. Only the one who dies the death that we must die and yet is not conquered by it can save us. Not Superman, but Jesus. The one who joins us not as a superhero, but as a human like us. And so we proclaim it again today in a way that is contrary to so many others in this world. We say that no other authority has any power over us because Jesus is Lord, that the one giving his life away in love on the cross, that one is king. Amen.
pray for your church, embolden denominations, and faith-based organizations in creative and collaborative ministries, and increase our work for the sake of the gospel. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the earth, protect waterways from pollution and animal habitats from destruction, especially our local lakes and the great, wider Great Lakes region. Guide us in careful stewardship of waters, plant life, and animals. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the nations of the world. Instill in every leader's heart a desire for justice and peace. Support the work of international collaborations that seek the goals of health and joy for all people, especially the work of the Russian Human Rights Organization Memorial and the Ukrainian Organization Center for Civil Liberties. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all who are undermined or oppressed. Amplify the voices of the unheard and break open stubborn systems of injustice. Bring about your righteousness and fill us all with your redeeming light. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayer. We pray for this assembly. Guide our pastor and council members in discernment and nurture new leaders with fresh ideas. Give this congregation a spirit of discipleship and service. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayer. We give thanks for all who have died in the faith. Console us who mourn and comfort us with the beautiful promise of life in your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayer. Accept these prayers, gracious God, and those known only to you, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please take a moment to share a sign of peace.
stand. Let us pray. Blessed are you, maker of all things, as you have entrusted us with all that you have created. Now gather our gifts, nourish us with this sacrament, and send us to those who hunger and thirst. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you. Almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy God, our bread of life, our table, and our food, you created a world in which all might be satisfied by your abundance. You dined with Abraham and Sarah, promising them life, and fed your people Israel with manna from heaven. You sent your son to eat with sinners and to become food for the world. The night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it all to drink, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his life given for us and his rising from the grave, we await his coming again to share with us the everlasting feast. By your spirit, nurture and sustain us with this meal. Strengthen us to serve all in hunger and want. And by this bread and cup, make of us the body of your Son. Through him all glory and honor is yours. Almighty God, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom the power and the glory are yours, 
now and forever. Amen. Please be seated while we share some instructions about communion today. Communion will come up the side aisles where at the front there are these two sides tables where you will pick up an empty cup and bring it with you to the railing where your cup will be filled with wine and where you'll receive bread. If you need or desire grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just grab them on your way forward and bring them to the railing. After you've communed with us at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in this bowl by the center aisle. All friends, guests, and visitors are welcome to commune with us because this is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran table. And to those who are joining us online or on the phone, we extend our fellowship, our communion to do to you as well, and we are glad that you are joining us around the one body of Christ. All is now ready, receive this invitation to communion. Christ invites you to this table. Come, taste, and see.
please stand as you are able. Christ spreads a table before you. Gather here with all the saints. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. We give you thanks, most gracious God, that you have fed us with the bread of life of heaven and given us a foretaste of paradise. Enliven us to be your body in the world and to serve those who are, who are in need. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
the God of peace who creates all things and calls them good, who makes us alive in Jesus and who breathes on us the spirit of hope, bless you now and forever. Amen. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is to proclaim, proclaim and celebrate the love of Jesus Christ, to live as God's servants in the world, and to be a caring and healing community. Go in peace, be a blessing in the world. Thank you, Jesus.